So with your vast experience in the field of pulmonology, what is your opinion on the unfolding crisis of coronavirus in India, where the number of registered coronavirus patients have increased from 2 to 73? The, this infection actually started in the Wuhan province in China. Now, to start with, this is a virus that primarily were in the animals. It is believed that it came from bats to the humans, so jumping species. So this is not normally meant to infect men or human beings, but it somehow, because of close contact with man and animal, the viruses that infect animals somehow develop the tendency also to infect humans. And this is what has happened with COVID-19. As I said, it all started in the province of Wuhan in China. and the infection uh, and the, the epidemic if you can call it spread quite rapidly in the area and even outside it took out, i mean by the time action was taken a certain amount of spread had already occurred eventually china took very drastic measures to completely lock down these areas and i think they have been very successful in diminishing the spread of the virus but damage had already been done people had traveled out of china to various countries of the world and also other people have traveled into china initially and subsequently to other countries where the infection had spread so now india is again uh, part of this uh, process that somehow from travelers uh, who are coming in or people who go out and bring the infection in so these are ways in which the infection has come into the country uh, and uh, this uh, so the way it has increased is quite predictable this is how it will be in such epidemics um, uh, prompt measures and important measures could slow down the increase of cases uh, and uh, yeah so how it came is because of the uh, because people have brought the virus from other countries to us okay so thank you for that and uh, how does corona virus affect our body especially the lungs right so the organism is inhaled into the body uh, and so in the respiratory tract it settles down and it starts the disease process to start with people have reported maybe in the first week after they become infected they have complained of muscle pain tiredness cough and low fever and in the subsequent to that uh, if the infection progresses people start developing breathing trouble which gradually intensifies so it is said that it takes approximately 8 days from the time they start having some symptoms to the time they develop breathing difficulty maybe about 9 days when they develop what we can diagnose with x-rays as pneumonia pneumonia is an infection of the lung substance the lung parenchyma we say and so this virus is capable of causing pneumonia and pneumonia is a severe disease and it has uh, significant health consequences and even risk of death 
that is what happens with covid 19 it causes a pneumonia and uh, uh, so then it is mostly severe breathing difficulty and patients may then require oxygen they may require uh, what is called a bipap a machine that pushes air into the lungs and if that fails they may need to be ventilated uh, after a tube is placed into the airways of the patient so uh, once again can you explain the difference between a cough and a coronavirus fever to distinguish cold and cough from seasonal flu from covid uh, 19 infection uh, firstly the covid 19 infection does not have the symptoms of nose cold uh, which is sneezing running nose nose block and so on it has a cough which is usually dry and breathing difficulty uh, maybe some chest pain so these are the system the symptoms that may help distinguish a common flu infection from covid 19 infection so who according to you are more prone to corona virus anybody can develop viral infections much like we develop these viral uh, colds and respiratory infections however there is a clear trend that uh, relatively older people and those who have other comorbid illnesses which means that people who have other chronic illnesses like chronic lung disease chronic heart disease diabetes these are the patients uh, individuals that seem to be more prone to infection interestingly children don't seem to be very prone to infection they seem to be less affected and also there was observation from the earlier uh, infected population that the children don't seem to be infecting adults you know often the children bring infection from home and infect the adults that kind of pattern somehow did not occur in the case of covid 19 19 infection and can vitamin c intake reduce the risk of getting corona virus if not how can we reduce the risk of lung diseases caused by corona virus vitamin c has been proposed as having some protective uh, role in uh, viral infections but i am not sure how strong the evidence is for that and so we do not routinely give people vitamin c as of today so that they can develop less viral infections let us take the example of the the normal seasonal flu to protect people from normal seasonal flu we give them flu vaccination we do not give them vitamin c uh, so that being the case with already established uh, known infections with covid 19 there is just not enough time for us to know if any of these will protect people against uh, covid 19 infections so as we speak I, i don't think we know the answer to that so we cannot recommend that as a uh, as a kind of a preventive treatment for such patients or uh, could we take any other measure to reduce the risk of coronavirus yes we can so it is what is called a droplet infection 
droplets are uh, kind of sprayed into the atmosphere when infected patients cough sneeze or even speak and these get dispersed and people close to them can inhale these droplets which in turn can uh, settle in their bodies and cause infection this is the primary mode of spread of the infection and so all measures to break the cycle of infection will help to start with people who who cough should follow what is called cough etiquette so they should cover the cough that is the face and nose and with a with with a cloth or even with their sleeves if they don't have a cloth they have to just put up their sleeves and cover the nose and mouth so this is this will ensure that the infection does not get spread in the in the surrounding air and reduce the chances of somebody inhaling it the other way we can reduce is for people who are having cough or a cold or chest infection we can ask them to wear a mask when the mask they require is just a simple surgical mask it doesn't require the more expensive and the, you know uh, uh, the n95 mask it doesn't require that it just requires a simple surgical mask and so when they speak cough in all these acts the spraying of organism again is interrupted by the mask and so it reduces infection for other okay sir the you know therefore for this the distance is important so it is safer to keep at least a 6 foot distance from people who have infection so if anybody is sneezing or coughing it's nice to keep a distance to reduce our chance of acquiring infection and the other thing we should do is to clean our hands frequently the best way to do that is uh, to wash our hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds we should do that particularly when we come in from public places or after we blow our nose or cough or sneeze into our hands then we have to wash our hands uh if so soap and water is not readily available we could use hand sanitizer and these should contain at least 60% alcohol we should rub it in all the areas of the hand uh, and uh, you know allow it to dry that the last measure is that we should avoid touching our eyes nose or mouth in fact avoid touching our face with unwashed hands we have a habit of touching our face for one thing or the other so if we have to do that we it is ideal to wash our hands before touching so these are some of the measures to reduce the spread of infection so what is your message to the government the public and the medical fraternity to the government i think they have the role of issuing appropriate travel advisory so they have to advise people not to travel to areas that have a critical amount of infection they also have a role of checking travelers who come into the country at the airports particularly uh, and ensure that people who have 
any signs of infection are immediately quarantined and uh, appropriately tested and isolated. The other thing that is an important issue is that there are uh, we cannot presume that all people coming from other countries come through airports. We have large amounts of land borders through which people move back and forth. So we should ensure that uh, you know wherever this such a thing occurs, that people are screened and the same kind of surveillance process is carried out. The third way the government can help and that it has already done is to impose travel restrictions. Our country has clamped down on visitors for a one-month period and that's a welcome step. That will definitely help to reduce new, new infections from coming in from other countries. The government should also set up a think tank to us appraise the situation from time to time and draft big policies which can be disseminated to the people and to the healthcare workers, the people that treat patients. The government should also stock sufficient amounts of diagnostic kits, uh, masks, hand sanitizer, all the things, kind of things that are required in such uh, in the mix. From the public point of view, I think people would be well advised to follow uh, like healthy practices like cough etiquette. You know, uh, these practices have value much beyond the COVID epidemic. We, are, we have the seasonal infection and all other forms of infection. They all spread the same way. Universally, we should advocate that people follow safe practices when they cough, sneeze, or any of these things. Um, then we should also advise people to avoid congregating for any purpose. It may be meetings, it may be weddings, festivals. So all this should now be cut down till the infection comes under control. And finally, the public have an important role in implementing the advice of the, of the government, of the healthcare system. So unless people cooperate, all the advice and suggestions given will not bear fruit. To the healthcare workers and doctors, uh, you know, I think the most important thing is that each hospital, each healthcare setting, should uh, should have frequent meetings to assess the situation. The healthcare settings should also be prepared to receive patients who require treatment or even for those that require isolation. So the healthcare setting has a big role in getting ready for these things. We do not know if suddenly uh, huge numbers of people could get infected. And this could happen if the infection starts spreading within the community. As we speak, we believe almost all the patients that got infected uh, have either brought the infection from other countries or have 
infected the people within their family or in their neighborhood and it has been possible to track this uh, this process but if it starts spreading in the community then we would not be able to track this and large number of people could could get uh, infected and that could pose a huge challenge to the healthcare system so the healthcare system has a huge role in getting ready of course they are also the best advocates of uh, health practices so they must they advise their patients and they must advise their communities to follow healthy practices to reduce the spread of infection okay and uh, so there has been uh, there have been a few deaths in the world right uh, regarding corona virus so do you think uh, these deaths are because of the lung infection or are they because of something else well uh, the most important cause of death is lung infection and as i said it is a pneumonia uh, so uh, the involvement of significant amounts of lung results in the lung not being able to breathe sufficiently and to get enough oxygen and that's the cause of death in most cases uh, so the death how many die is a question so we have had the first death reported in our country um, so overall you know the present estimate is that about 3.5% of the people who get infected may die the good news is that 96.5% of the patients could expect to overcome the illness and live uh, now this estimate is different in different countries uh, depending on various factors like the probably even the resistance of the local population to this infection and perhaps the amount of elderly people who are in the community and so on so in any case uh, the the good news is that only about 3.5% perhaps succumb to this infection okay so so uh, like anything else that you would like to add uh, well i would like i would urge a lot of caution it's a time for the government the people and the healthcare systems to gear up and face this challenge at the same time we should avoid panic we should avoid spreading rumors we should be able to calmly go on with what needs to be done while being cautious to ensure that the risk to us and our kit and kin is minimized so that's what i would say i would say that let us face this challenge optimistically Uh, but very cautiously, and do whatever it takes to reduce this the impact of this uh, pandemic. So it has now been declared a pandemic. Uh, reduce the impact of this pandemic in our country, in our community, and that's what I would say. Okay, sir. So thank you for your great view.